Forrester. Down the line to right. It's gone! Garrett Forrester walks it off for Oregon State! What happened? He just like benched like five of the starters. Four of them were all Americans. Big hit pop. Did he just do it? Yes, he did. This is loaded in the NCAA tournament. And he sends a drive to deep right. Elko, Grand Slam. Beer showers about. McGarry's 2-2 pitch to Lanzilli. Strike three called, and Virginia has completed a no-hitter tonight. Pushes a bunt to third. James to first. Hayes out. What a way to end it. And what a way to end a drought. Mississippi State, the national champions, destroying Vanderbilt 9-0. What is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to the Weekend 11 preview of the college baseball season. This is the 11.7 podcast. Got my man Dimitri here with us, and we're going to preview the weekend. But before we do any of that, we had some breaking news in the NCAA. President, some call him a dictator, Mark Emmert, reports that he's stepping down from his job. And there's going to be some big changes coming in the next couple of years for not only college baseball, but for all of the underappreciated sports in NCAA. Dimitri, correct me if I'm wrong, but as of right now, the plan is to get rid of scholarship, get rid of scholarship caps, meaning we might need to change our name from 11.7 to the we, unlimited. We, hold on. <laughs> I vote no, we don't change it. What do you what do you think? The Unlimited College Baseball Podcast. That's what it should be called. <laughs> no scholarship limits. But no, I agree. The 11.7 brand isn't going anywhere. But we are 11.7. Yeah, but that's big news that the uh, committee, the NCAA committee is looking at uh, possibly just removing the cap, which is way, way overdue. You know, college sports now is not what it was back in the 80s. It's not what it was back even you know in the what? early 2000s. You it's know completely kind of ironic? Different. You know how college, college, the NCAA, you feel like they've always been behind in everything. They're always the last people to catch up to modern times. It's taking Emmert a full year to resign because it's not effective until 2023. And I'm just like, of well, course, he's doing the, course, uh, he's going to have a Coach K retirement. Yeah, dude, that's what tour. I was going to say. He's going to have the retirement tour. He's going to go and, do and the. Uh... I guarantee you, there is nobody out there that's going to. Give him a, a retirement gift. They're going to say GTFO yep. now. I, I promise you he's going to throw out the first pitch at the College World Series, and he's going to get booed. Dude. <laughs> Book it. They, they, I feel like the NCAA, as we know they're not very smart, but I think they're smart enough to know to never put him there in that PR position. Yes, that get him damaged. out of the college baseball scene because he is not looked upon in a good way amongst the college baseball community. <laughs> So I'm I'm looking at the uh, Sports Illustrated article. The first sentence, this is what it says. Imagine a college sports world where schools are able to offer each baseball player a full scholarship or if a football team on-field coaching staff could exceed 25 players. Look at the two differences there. Offer each baseball player a full scholarship or allow a football team to have more than 25 coaches. 25 coaches. Are you kidding me? For, yeah, that is unbelievable. That's literally, there's 85 scholarship players at the Division One level, so 25 coaches. That's like three. That's 
a little more than three kids per coach. What are we doing? Outrageous. Blasphemy. 27 to three. So that's nine per coach. Yeah. Um, and they just expect volunteer assistants to continue to pay out of their own pocket to coach. Um, um, and that's the second part of this, this big news is they're looking at having no coaching limits depending on the conference. I, I still don't know why the conferences get a big say in what, like how many coaches a team can have. Listen, if you're, if you're a team such as Liberty and you, and you want to employ six full-time coaches for baseball – why is there a rule stopping that? It, it's no it's no competitive advantage other than, hey, we have the money and the resources to do it. We can employ more people. Let's let's do it. And for the ones that, for the schools that want to get left behind, they will. Uh, this is I think hmm, I, I'm 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 on the fence about this one because the sport is so great because there's they try to keep it such an even even playing field. Which is why you see your awesome stories in the postseason. You see these things where they're keeping this even playing field as much as they can. On the flip side of things, I think you're absolutely 100 correct. If Liberty wants to hire six coaches, they should be allowed to hire six coaches. But on the other side, I'm like, damn, dude, I want to try. I want this sport to, I want teams to be even as possible so the little guy doesn't get left behind. Because when you see, for example, this year, Simo's having a really good year. I would hate to see Simo get left behind because they have no choice. They just can't afford it. They can't blop yada yada yada. So like, it's mixed. It's a mixed review for me. Right. Well, I mean, you're right about the the downside of it is you give a team such as University of Florida or LSU unlimited or not unlimited scholarships, but let's just say twenty five scholarships, bigger budget. Yeah, twenty five scholarships. You're gonna have guys choose to go there rather than down the road at you know, Lafayette or up the road at Louisiana Tech where they're, where they're able to get more scholarship money. But what it also does is it, you're able to keep kids that are local um, you know, in the area. So if you have a big-time recruit, let's say you're in Ruston, Louisiana, and you're the coach at Louisiana Tech, and there's a kid down the, uh, in Ruston that is really good at baseball, you can offer him a full ride rather than, hey, here's 60%. That's all I can get. What uh, do your mean, grades look like? Yada, yeah, yada. what are your – yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely going to – if it does get passed, which we've we've been blue-balled before in this in this industry on getting our hopes up and you know, seeing things not come to fruition. But if uh, – I mean, if this does pass, sure, you're going to see the little guys get a little bit of a disadvantage. But – we see it every year in the MLB. The Oakland A's are still a team. The Tampa Bay Rays are still a team. And they have to compete with the New York Yankees, Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Boston Red Sox. So if you're, if you're willing to spend more, you, you know what the best comparison is? Have you ever done a, um, like for fantasy sports, either fantasy football, fantasy baseball, whatever sport you play, have you ever done an auction draft? I've done one, and it's hard. It's hard, but that's what it, it's ultimately going to be. How much are you willing to spend to be, have the best players? And sure, sure, it feels good to get the highest recruits and, and spend more money, but at the same time, there's a lot of value players. There's a lot of players that are overlooked that are going to want a full ride, and, and they're going to choose to go Division One over a full ride at NAIA or JUCO. Um, because that's why I think there's a lot of NAIA and JUCO talent out there is because they want to not pay for school. 
So before I forget, I'm gonna I'm gonna add on to your point. Think about this. If these schools, let's just say the power five schools, the big schools, let's just say Ole Miss, for example. Ole Miss can offer everybody in the state of Mississippi a full ride, recruiting wise. They could say, You're good, we want to offer you. Now, this kid's dream was to play at Ole Miss, but they can offer him a full ride instead of, you know, 60%, and he can get 60% at whatever other school, Louisiana mm-hmm. Tech. Okay. Ole Miss is going to have a bullpen of 10 full-ride scholarship guys that don't even pitch very much. But they're going to go there because, let's just say, their pitching coach is a guru pitching lab. They can get drafted. Player development, right. They're going to go hang out in Oxford, get really good pitching instruction, become really good development, get really good development, and get drafted even though they might not play that much. Vanderbilt, another example. Mm-hmm. Like well, I Vanderbilt think, pretty much already does this, but they, that's they a bad example. Do they do, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like now, like you're gonna see if this is what I'm afraid of. You're gonna see in you know three, four years down the road, Ole Miss is gonna bring out a guy throwing 95, 96, but he doesn't pitch very much in some random midweek game. But a scout is gonna be like, this guy's got an arm. We'll mm-hmm. sign him in the 24th round of his junior year, senior year, whatever. The guy didn't pay a dime through college. Now he'll sign for a little bit less money because he just went three years free. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, but so that's, it's the player's choice. Then he could be, you know, he could be a starting pitcher at Memphis and throw 80 innings and get drafted much higher if he wants playing time. But it's hard to tell a kid you're coming here on a full ride to your dream school, whatever power five big school that is. You're coming here for free. We're not going to give you a preferred walk-on. You're coming here on full ride. Mm-hmm. The mid-major school that offered him is not competing with a walk-on at the big school. They're competing with another full ride scholarship. So yeah. it's like it's it, it's going to be it's difficult. Like it's just difficult to see what's going to happen with that. Well, you know? and then and then one factor we haven't even talked about is the chaos that goes on in the transfer portal. If, if, if there's no scholarship limit or let's just put the scholarship limit at 25. Hold on. Hold on. Question. Is the no scholarship limit basically saying, Hey, there's no limit, but it's up to the individual school to give out to pay for as much as they want. It's always going to be up to the school. So so like one school might only have a budget for 15. Another might have a budget for 30, right? That's, That's what I'm understanding. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. But okay, okay, let me take a step back here. I still don't understand how it costs like these schools have tuitions of $50,000, right? How like, if you have 30 guys, it's not going to put the school under. It's not going to put the school in the red if they go to school for free. You see what I'm saying like if athletes went to school for free, let's just say there's 300 athletes other than football outside of football that go to school for free that's additional. It's fake, non-existent money. But, <laughs> but you have to remember, if it's a state school, if, I, if I'm saying this correctly, if it's a state school, the state funds the teacher's salaries, correct? I, I have no idea. I don't even know. So, so, but go to a private school, Mercer, for example. The student with their tuition and yada, yada, are essentially paying for the teacher's, for the facilities, for the 
the quote unquote expenses of the school. Mm-hmm. So for every, so like for every student that goes and there's an athlete that goes on, you know, whatever percentage, hypothetically, the student is paying for the athlete, right? I, I dude, I honestly have no idea. No, but, but with, I've like, never looked but, at. But I'm not, even even if you don't know factually, that would make sense, right? For every student there is, they cover an athlete too, right? I guess, but I mean, there's very few kids going to private school without some sort of scholarship help, whether academic or. So, okay, great example, academic. Why then never an issue for a school to cover academic money? You know what I mean? Yeah. So why should an athletic scholarship be an issue too? Yeah, that's what I'm. I think schools should have thirty scholarship. I don't care if you're a small school or not, because if you that, can. Hand that's out, why I, I was saying. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. I think this is all just made up. Whether a like a scholarship is literally just made up, uh, academic, it's just like I, their selling point of like, hey, you can come to school here cheaper because we you made good grades in high school, or you I can just, go. To- I think I just convinced myself, not even knowing I was convincing myself. Like I, I just made my decision, not even knowing it. Academic scholarships are made up, bamboozled money. Yeah, nobody's paying that extra money. Like, what what is academic money? Oh, we have this money because you have good grades. You're not making you're not making money off it. A lot of the a lot of the academic money comes down to a four hour test you take at a a neutral site, the ACT or SAT. How do you perform in that one testing? That's why that's why this whole academic money, athletic money, where schools have to budget it. Like, what are you budgeting? It's just. Are you going to so, let this so, kid go to school or not? So let's, let's, let's take a step back here. The more smart people that you bring into a school, the better the school looks, correct? Right. Now, st- stick with me here. Those kids go on to have big jobs, correct? The school looks even more good. Hopefully. <laughs> yep, whatever. They go on to have big jobs. Those That school is hoping those kids have big, high-paid salary jobs. To donate, donate money back. back to school. <laughs> so, on the flip side of sport, you hope you're, you get good athletes who become professional athletes, and they guess what? They donate back to the school. Hey, so, but I here's think the that's thing. Where... Here's the thing, though. What makes a school more popular that like, kids want to go to? Do they have a good football team? Do they have a good basketball team? Are they, are they good at sports and have – I think a lot of that, especially down south, plays a big factor. I'm sure it, ever since Nick Saban took over Alabama, their enrollment and, and their their enrollment's gone oh, up and their it, acceptance rate has gone down. St. Peter's enrollment, um, what, any other school that has a big March Madness Cinderella run, their yeah. enrollment goes up because people yeah. are like, ooh, That's I cool. like this school. Yeah. Yeah, they, like I like this school. So when I'm like, uh, like if – We live in a virtual – so we you, live in a virtual reality that's not even real life because the only only thing benefiting from academic scholarships or like kids going to school are these companies that are giving out student loans and they're just charging interest and that's how they make money. The, the, they're, they're, on, they're paying the, your loan. the loan is paying for you to go to school. The university is collecting that money and saying thank you so much. And then you pay the loan company back. That's all it is. Basically an unregulated like bank. Yeah, so if it's going to be that corrupt, why can't we have more than 11.7 scholarships in college baseball? Let's um, just get corrupt with it if we're going to go that route. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I just convinced myself that there should no school out there should not be able to afford 
11.7, so 0. .3, 15.3 more scholarship. There's no reason. Like It's made I mean, up money. It, it, it's non-existent money. It's basically an, an, uh, an investment. Like a bank, if I take out a loan from a bank and you have an account at that same bank, all they're doing is taking your money and giving it to me. Yeah. And then they're hoping, they're basically regulating how much you can withdraw until I pay my my loan back. Mm-hmm. So like that I feel like that's what it is with school, but with this is this is how money. it's this is how it's so corrupt is the NCAA is okay for 18-year-old kids to take out hundreds of thousands of dollars in student student loans, right? They're okay with it. That's what the normal is. I had plenty of teammates um that I were think, in, in I a think... lot of debt. Wait, let me finish. Let me finish. I had a yeah, lot yeah. of teammates in debt when they graduated and they were they were excellent college division one players they're okay with you you getting into debt that way but don't put the school in debt don't don't let them get more scholarships out because that's an unfair advantage which is just outrageous to me great point and i mean don't get me wrong you take out a loan you made that responsibility you got to pay it back but the school should be on the same like if they want to get sports program and if they don't too bad it's so sad you need to give out your scholarship to the kids going to that school and playing mm-hmm. whether they're getting nail money or not at the end of the day they're getting a free education to play a sport because the sport is extra time outside of the classroom mm-hmm. so you should be essentially providing them the monetary or whatever you want to call it but it's fake money they're not actually paying you money to play a sport and put their brand their logo mm-hmm. on espn3 every tuesday friday saturday sunday night whether it's a lot of publicity or not. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, sport gives free marketing for school. Pay your yep. extra 15 scholarships, and let's move along. Let's, let's, let's move along. Let's grow the thing because the bigger the sport gets, the bigger these small schools can get to. Yep, 100%. Um, and especially Who the hell with... knows about SEMO outside of college baseball and outside of Southeast Missouri geographically? Yeah. Nobody. So Nobody. that's what I'm saying. Iona. More people know about Iona this year because of their 33-game losing streak. If they didn't have a 33-game <laughs> losing streak, nobody would know about Iona. Shit, I barely even knew about Iona until this year. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, come on. Now, the, the NCAA has a huge opportunity here because of the the very poor circumstances minor leaguers are going through. You know, they're they're getting paid pennies and working a ton of hours every day for development and rehab, playing games, practice, all that. So, I mean, this is the time where to lift the scholarship cap, bring more kids into college, let them develop that way, and it's a win-win for college and MLB because the guys that are, that are in Education, college developing, yeah. they're going to be a better product for the MLB one day. Um, more mature, mm-hmm. more well put together. And they don't more, have to pay for them. The MLB doesn't have to them. pay for them. Yep. Because you know what, you know what MLB organizations do—they babysit the 16 and 17 year olds they bring in yeah. out of high school. Like even the Latin, the Latin American players that come in, the high schoolers—they babysit them for a year or two, whether it's in extended spring training on the, whatever their spring training site is for a season. And then they ship them off to host family. They get babysat for a year until they figure it out. So, yeah, I mean, I think you ride the momentum. Give them more scholarship. It's Let opportunity. It naturally grow. Mm-hmm. It's opportunity, and and we'll see what the NCAA ends up doing with it. But yep. um, the only the other breaking news here, kind of switching subjects. 
Wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Before you, you brought it up and we kind of got sidetracked about the transfer portal. I have this SI article still up. About the, and it oh, says, okay. what if the transfer portal was open to players for just three months out of the year? And what if the recruiting calendar featured no evaluation or quiet, a.k.a. dead period? There is a distinct possibility these ideas could become more than just concepts. What do you think about that, Ben? Three months for the transfer portal a year. Well, yeah. A little I mean, more control. No, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, the MLB, the NBA, NFL, they don't have year-long free agency periods. If you if you it wait too up. long, you're, you're going to be joining a team mid-season and you can't do that in college. So, yeah, there needs to be um there needs to be a time frame whether it's between May 1st and August 1st, which I think would be the best time for a transfer portal. Um because it's June 1st. Maybe yeah, June. Okay, yeah, because May is still in the regular season. I, so I'm getting busting your balls here. We're, no, but that's yeah. fine. You get June well, first. even May. I mean, because you get all May, June, and July. Um, you I know think if you're, you know what May. I think May is good because you yeah. know if you're in May, you know if you want to transfer or not mm -hmm. at that point. Exactly. Yeah, and the so, season's almost you, over. You got ten games left or whatever. Um, the uh, yeah, there needs to be a there needs May to, be to a August. Period. Yeah, there needs to be a period where. You need to figure out where you're going to go, and you can't declare that you're in the transfer portal until that period, because um, that Correct. way it doesn't give teams an upper leg on, you know, recruiting out like during the season for guys or that they know. The fall, I I think the worst is, and guys, I know a lot of people have mixed emotions about some head coaches or the NCAA, what yada yada, whether they can leave on their. I think a player that comes in in the fall should not be allowed to leave the school until the end of the season. Because if I have a fall season, a head coach has his list, pitcher, position player. He roadmaps his season with mm -hmm. what he's got. If a kid just bolts out of there in December and goes somewhere else, he can't do – like, I'm, yeah, he can go on the transport portal and replace him. But I think I think end of the season is when you, sh you should do that, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's just the – feels like nowadays commitment means nothing, especially to kids. It's so but, bad. But but it's coaches so too. I mean, coaches don't get a free pass. Commitment that coaches have is, is at an all-time low as well. You, you get a coach, let's just say he's the head coach at – SEMO. Um, and uh, you want – Yeah, SEMO, the and then Missouri's job opens up in October. He's bolting for Missouri if he gets an opportunity, which nobody would blame him because that's a more pay – that's a higher pay job, more prestigious job, and the best conference. Right. But so if coaches can leave, I mean, I, I think players should be able to leave whenever. But, they but want. here's my argument against that. Here's my argument against that. The team can still move along with the assistant coach or whoever. But if a coach loses three players to the portal, he physically has to put more stress on another pitcher's arm to eat up those innings if he can't replace the guy that left. You yeah, know what I mean? That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So I didn't like, think about I feel that. Like a, I feel like a player has a bigger impact on a program than a coach from a just a pure playing the game standpoint. Mm -hmm. Right. Getting 27 out. The coach is not getting 27 out. Whoever's in your dugout is not controlling if the pitcher throws strikes. He can teach and develop him to be better at it. But if the kid goes out and gets pissed drunk and hung over the next day, the coach can't go out there and throw strikes for him. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, yep, 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 that's right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, hey, listen to this quote. It's going to make some heads explode, says one athletic director. Like, <laughs> thank God. Athletic director, dude, listen, I'm going to go on a little spiel here and then we'll move on. 
athletic directors are some of the softest human beings in the world. Literally, they, they get so offended at things and they, and they just feel like the world is out to get them sometimes. When in reality, I, I think an athletic director job is one of the easiest jobs in sports because you're not coaching any teams, right? You're not, uh, you're not directly involved with the, the, the programs. I mean, you overshadow everything. You make sure budgets are good. Donations are coming in. Business is good. What is but, your definition of it? What is the athletic director's number one responsibility? I know what my my what I think it is. I think you're we're on the same page. I, I think you can sum up in one word. It's budgeting. That's all it is. Raising. I was going to say fundraising. Well, yeah, budgeting, but that also ties into fundraising or donations. You're just yeah, shaking hands, kissing word. babies, getting involved in the community. Um, you have your your donors. Try to get more donors, and you're just trying to make sure that. Your, your athletic department is making more money than it's losing. So whether your football team is generating 80% of, of revenue and profit that you can use amongst the other 13 sports, and, and then the so stop, be it. Yeah. And he's but, the stop sign from keeping from a baseball coach from spending and, too and, much money. And he's the one that has to sit down with coaches whenever it's time to fire them or move on. And then he does a lot with compliance. He or she does a lot with compliance issues. If something were to come up, if a, a student goes out and gets a D a DUI, um, you know, he has to deal with it and, and make sure that the university compliance is being followed. But I mean, I, I really do think athletic directors, sure their hands are in a whole bunch of different pots, but at the same time, they, they don't have a strenuous job. It's not something that they go home and sweat every day. At least I don't think so. Not as much as coaches. I think coaches take their work home with them way more than athletic directors. I think, I think, I th- I don't know. I think that's kind of unfair to say because they're not in the spotlight, but they're the engine. They're what keeps the engine rolling. No, but they also have thirty employees underneath them that help keep. Like they just tell people what assistant to do. Assistant athletic director. There's five yada, assistant yada, yada. athletic directors per school. Director like, of compliance reports yeah. to the AD. So the AD is basically just the CEO of a college. Yep, sports yep department. that's what it is. Yep. And and they put in as much work as they want to put in. Mm-hmm. So, um, but hey, in summary, from this article, I still have this article up. It's kind of just skimming in summary before we move on. Mm-hmm. There's five bullet points here in this paragraph. Several athletic administrators and college sports inside discussed the committee's concept under an, an, being anonymous. I don't even anonymity. Anonymity. How do you say that word? Anonymity. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, they include one, eliminating scholarship caps on sports that only offer partial scholarship. Number two, abolishing the limitation of number coaches per team. Abolishing it. Abolishing it. <laughs> Number three, yeah, abolish the hell out of it. Number three, they, they make it seem like it's slavery in the in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> abolish it. <We're... laughs> Why can't we just say eliminate? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number three, expanding direct payment from schools to athletes. Wait, say that again. Expanding direct payment from school to athletes. So that I guess that means they can schools can pay players in. Multi- like, like for example, this is what when I read that, this is what I think of. A kid can't afford lunch one day. The school can can the athletic department can assist with one of their athletes. No, for, I don't think for, that's it. I think it, the one word that comes to mind when I hear that is like 
kids can get paid to do camps. That's what it is to me. Great, great example. That, that was the other ones. Yeah. I think a coach, if a kid is in summer school, wants to stay on campus and work out and stuff, he should be able to make money off of working camps. Why Why can't a kid go home and work at, you know, a Chick-fil-A and make money? Why can't the kid stay on campus, get mm-hmm. better, be around the program, and, you know, run camps or lessons or something? Mm-hmm. Okay, number four, reconfiguring the recruiting calendar. We just talked about that a little bit. Yep. Yep. Number five, implementing closed periods in the NCAA transfer portal, which we just talked about. Yeah. Um, the first three bullet points are going to be left in the decision-making hands of individual conferences. So scholarship caps, coaching, number of coaches, and direct payments to the school will be up to the conference's discretion. You're going to get a lot of those smaller conferences, a lot of those mid-majors that are going to just be like, nope, we're going to stick to the old ways. We're not, we're not, going, to, the we're not going to let that. The SoCon, I guarantee you, would be one of those schools that might stick on some of the limitation. Yep. In the Northern School, the Summit, the Ohio Valley might actually be a good one. Uh, Missouri Valley will definitely. You know what? Out. You know what I'm thinking about now? With with this idea of no scholarship limit and uh, no coaching limit, I think this is going to help out the Northern Schools a lot. The Big Ten um you know all the northeastern stuff like anything in the midwest as well i think a lot of those kids who are talented out of high school are going to choose to stay at home uh, i hope so i really yeah. hope kids hey this is my phrase from miami make the crib great again if you're from bloomington or mm-hmm. surrounding areas of indiana go to indiana mm-hmm. um if they if indiana can have five coaches in the winter running through all their indoor facilities and they can focus individually more Huge. Huge. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's I mean, I don't really have much more to say. Oh, hey, here's another quote. Every group of five AD is like holy shit, says one group of five athletic director who attended the presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um but uh, we'll, we'll we'll move on from that topic. We spent about thirty minutes on it, which is I think it was well worth it, just because that's what we're absolutely, all about. Absolutely. But uh, dude, something else that the NCAA is is really posting about right now is conference realignment starting next year. So the uh, the two biggest conference realignments is going to be well, three conferences: Sun Belt, Conference USA, the American, and then I guess you can add the Big Twelve in there. Um, but there's a lot of shaking up, and and I love how it's going to shake up for baseball. The um, the biggest changes for baseball, of course, you're going to have teams like UCF and Houston and is it BYU? BYU, Cincinnati, Houston. Cincinnati. That's right. Well, and BYU as well, right? BYU is going to the Big Twelve. I don't know, but I don't know. Did I miss that? Maybe I don't know. Maybe B- I just made that up. But BYU. Anyways, going so I know Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF are for sure going to the Big Twelve, which is going to leave the American oh, with wow. three less teams. Oh wow! Yeah, dude, you're right. September 10th, 2021, the Big Twelve Conference announced today the addition of BYU along with UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. Yeah. So the why? Why BYU? You? Well, no, they're dude. They're a big time school with a lot of money. But but like. That doesn't fit the Big 12 mold at all. What do you mean by that? Just like they don't fit really any conference mold. A bunch of 26 year old white Mormons out there. I mean, 
I feel like Notre Dame fit the ACC mold academically. Like, I don't know. They just fit the ACC mold, but they were independent. I don't know. BYU, I think, would be a better fit for, like, the Pac-12. Yeah, but the Pac-12 isn't losing their two biggest moneymakers. The Big 12 is. They're losing Oklahoma and Texas. So they need they need big time moneymaker schools like BYU to come in. Now I guess. I guess. Now I like the move for the Big 12. I mean, Houston, they're good at all sports for the most part. Cincinnati's hey. really good at a lot of the sports. UCF, um, people don't know this, but UCF's like the third biggest school in the country, uh, enrollment wise. Yep. So and they're growing like crazy uh, athletically. And then BYU's been around. I mean, winning national championships in like the Cincinnati and eighties and nineties. I mean, even I mean, Houston and basketball is really good, but Cincinnati and UCF, all they needed was just a bigger support system, whether yeah. conference payout, especially in football and uh, basketball. But baseball, you're going to see major, major facility upgrades in the next five years once they're in the big One hundred percent. I mean, UCF is going to become that school. I'm trying to think of like Texas. I mean. When you have Miami, Florida State, and Florida, they've always been the big dog, the, the big three. In Texas, it's always been, you know, Texas, Texas A&M, TCU. I mean, you can Texas Baylor, Tech. Texas Tech, Baylor. So this year, it's the bigger state. So, like, you're five. UCF, I mean, who is a small school in Texas that kind of – It'd be like be, Houston. It'd be like Houston or Houston. Texas State. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to become powerhouses. Yeah, I mean, and the Big Twelve, of course, just needed. Well, for the first, like for the most part, the Big Twelve in baseball is is the Big Nine, and they're losing their Oklahoma and Texas, and so they need to replace it with four more schools. So that would bring it up to eleven for baseball, um, and then eleven or twelve for for football, right? Yep. And um, so the Big Twelve is going to look a little bit different, but I like I like the move. There. I like now, it. I like it. What I really like is what the AAC is doing. They went ahead and grabbed some of the bigger Conference USA teams. Let's hear it. Um, Charlotte, Rice, FAU, UAB, UTSA. They're all going to join the AAC that, as Houston, Cincinnati, UCF are leaving. So as far as baseball goes, Charlotte had a great year last year. They're pretty decent this year. We know about Rice's baseball traditions in the past they'll get back to it i think one day um and then fau uab utsa and nobody wants to play those schools like they're very good this year and and have been good the last few years fau we've seen in a few like east carolina kind of mm -hmm. Tulane, ecu um yep. fau dude i i really i can see fau being the new east carolina the aac yeah right well i mean east carolina i could see the east carolina making a move to a bigger conference, I think, one of these years, whether it's the ACC or the Big 12. Um, I don't know. I, I think that athletic department's growing a lot as well. But um, yeah. those uh, those five schools will be joining the American. Repeat which is gonna, Repeat. Uh, It's Charlotte, Rice, FAU, UAB, UTSA. Yeah. And they, they all have pretty solid football programs too. Um, nothing to – slack at but as far as a baseball program go the aac we've been talking bad about all year just because with east carolina down and houston kind of down yep. this year it's just not as strong of a conference they so, carry that conference mm -hmm. so but this will help boost it up next year and then the of course we know southern miss is joining the sun belt along with um old dominion and marshall, old dominion and marshall. 
So that's going to help the Sun Belt be a lot better next year, even though the Sun Belt's like incredible this year. And then the uh, the schools that are joining the Conference USA, uh, I just had it pulled up here. It was Dallas Baptist, Dallas Baptist, Liberty, Liberty New Mexico State, Jacksonville State, and Sam Houston are going to join in 2023 for Conference USA. Which that that alone that gets me the most fired up because we know about Dallas Baptist, we know about Liberty. Sam Houston went to a super regional back in 2017, I think 2016. New Mexico State just had a first round pick. New Mexico State, they're always really good and really competitive in baseball. And then Jacksonville State, they just, uh, their their baseball facilities have gone up tremendously in the last few years as well. So um, yeah, Yeah, I I would, I would, I, Mercer, I was, was that the Jacksonville State's home field last night? Yeah. When Mercer, yeah it, it was sweet. nice. Yeah. It was a sweet really little, good. you know, grandstand stadium seating. Well, like, you know the impressed. story of, you know, the story about why they, they renovated it, right? No. Um, back in 2018 or 2019, there was a huge tornado that came through and like ripped their old stadium up. Now, their old stadium was kind of, it wasn't great. It was, it was the exact same location. Um, it, it just had like metal bleachers. Um, and not a lot of amenities like the students couldn't really go. And they had like a little section in right field that was like a wooden porch that they built for students, but it just wasn't like a great scenery. Um, and the tornado came through and they got a ton of donations and they, they upgraded the stadium. Now they have seat backs. They have suites down the, the right field line. It looks that overlook. It, it, dude, it is a really cool stadium now. Um, and it, that it's what, a, that, is that what happened with Louisiana tech too? Because Louisiana yeah. tech would, nicer after the tornado correct oh yeah 100 percent. yes that's what i thought so um of course we don't wish a tornado upon anybody no just, we don't but if it, it happens hopefully the, it, the work the best works out yeah it comes out better than it than it was but yeah these conference realignments next year sure they're gonna they're gonna throw me off i'm gonna say uh, oh, i'm yeah. gonna say oh, charlotte and yeah. conference usa a hundred times before i realize they're gonna be in the aac but um as far as like competitively and baseball goes, I think it makes each conference better. Um, so that that was conference realignment talk. We um, we're excited for it. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. But uh, combination of conference realignment and no scholarship limits and more coaches, this is just going to continue to build that momentum that college baseball has going right now. So I just hope to God the NCAA doesn't mess this up, and I hope to God the conferences don't mess this up. Just let it continue to build this snowball of momentum and see where it ends up here in two or three years. Um, the uh, Let's move on to the midweeks. We'll, we'll, we'll actually talk college baseball now, like on-field play. Midweeks were good. They were uh, There were so many upsets on Tuesday. I think I counted nine upsets um, were teams that were unranked beat ranked opponents, which at this point in the season probably doesn't do – a whole lot. I mean, yeah, it builds a little bit of resumes, but the teams that are unranked are probably going to have to win their conference tournaments anyways to get in. There's just not a lot of at-large teams available, especially with the A or the America. Or sorry, wow, the ACC and the SEC going to they're going to grab up like 24 of the 64 spots just automatically. Uh, the ACC is going to have more bids than the SEC. I think so too. Done. I think so too. Um, but. Uh, just kind of going through the midweek here, there there were nine upsets. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna run through them. So Abilene Christian beats Texas Tech on the road. Abilene Christian's 500 this year, 20 and 20 now. Texas Tech's kind of struggling. Um, so 
everybody thought Texas Tech was going to host a regional this year. Right now, I mean, they're going to more than likely be a two seed unless they just tear up the rest of the year. Kennesaw State beat Georgia Southern on Tuesday. Kennesaw State's on the fringe right now as far as at-large teams go. Uh, and pretty, this win – Honestly, win, they're pretty safe right now. Yeah, but their RPI is just going to get lower because of their – I mean, it's going to get lower and lower. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. As of right now, they're safe. Yes, um, but that that's a good win against Georgia Southern, which um, – Splitting 1-1 one, one on the road. Yeah, with uh, – and a lot of people are projecting Georgia Southern to have a legitimate shot to host a regional. So um, it's always good to go in on a midweek and beat a, an in-state rival. Um, New Orleans was hosting LSU, and uh, New Orleans beat the brakes off of them 9-1 – or nine sorry, 9-4. to four. And uh, so that's a big win for them. I watched a lot of the Dallas Baptist TCU game and TCU is, it looked like they were going to handle business the whole way. I turned the channel, come back and Dallas Baptist is in the middle of a four run eighth inning to, to win that game. Now I'm going to say this and I I don't know if I'm going to regret this later or not. I I don't think Dallas Baptist is that good this year. I think people still have the idea of them in the super regional last year, just a few outs away from going to Omaha in their head. They've uh, they're twenty five and fifteen. Yeah, they have the number one strength of schedule. Um, they've played that, but they have some questionable losses. And, and it, you know, they lost two out of three to Semo. They lost two out of three to Wofford. Um, and they and just Bradley and Bradley. They lost two out and of three. And Southern Illinois. Yeah. Wow. Dude, they've they've lost four series this year. And uh, I just, but that's the thing just not is, good the thing do. is, like, I don't know, man. Like. Look at their schedule. SEMO ended up being really good. The opening mm-hmm. weekend, we were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Lost to SEMO. SEMO is really good. Sam Houston. It's never just a walk in the park against Sam Houston. 2 nothing, 3-2-4-1. Score those three games in the sweep. Mm-hmm. Lost to Texas Tech and extra. Two out of three against San Diego, who is pretty He's really good. good. Yeah. Lost to Oklahoma by one run. Swept Southern Miss. Lost Oklahoma State by one run, swept Oral Robert, beat U- UT Arlington, whatever. Two out of three against Maryland, who's pretty good this year. Beat Louisiana Tech, lost to Wofford, two out of three, who we realize is really good as well. Mm-hmm. Beat Baylor, swept Missouri State, beat TCU. And then they lost to Bradley in Southern Illinois, and they lost to Southern Illinois two one-run games they lost, and then they they won ten to two, and then they beat TCU. So like, I don't know if it's a consistency problem. I don't know if it. I mean, if it, it's a bullpen problem, a starter problem. I I had I'd have to look more into it, but it seems to me they're a very good team, which is little things they have to work on. See, I think they're a good team that has a lot to work on. I don't even think like if the season ended right now, I don't even know if they would get in as an at large. Maybe I mean, yeah, they probably should. But no, they're they're one thousand percent in. But as they're an also at-large. in third place in the in the Missouri Valley Conference. But good for the Missouri Valley, they'll get two, maybe three teams in. I guess, but um, so, I don't know. I mean, Dallas Baptist still has a lot to prove to me before I put them in. As I, I agree. On the weekend, they have to they have to prove yeah. to me more on the weekend. Because but this might... win, this win helps a lot though. A win on the road in the midweek against a ranked TCU team who's playing good ball. Um, it's the weekend, man. Like mm-hmm. you've got to show me you can win the close games on the weekend. Because hey, when it comes, re- hey, that's what I always look at. 
when it comes to trying to figure out how who's going to do well in regional and what, go look at their record first of all. Go look at their record on weekends, whether it's seven and five, six and six, eight and four. Yeah, you can you can kind of look at the midweeks to kind of get an idea, but look at their weekend record and then look kind of just like. Well, their weekend record is going to tell you what they would do in a regional. Because and then you look at Sundays, look at Saturdays, mm-hmm. kind of see how they do on those days because that's usually who their starters are on those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So DBU right now in a regional doesn't look very good to me. Yep, I agree. Um, moving on, we got we got a couple other upsets. UTSA, they uh, they beat Texas State. They beat the brakes off them. I, I tuned in like during the eight run sixth inning, and it just it was barrel after barrel after barrel. Um, and. UTSA almost came back and beat Texas State the first time they played. Yeah, and UTSA is a really good program, and and we haven't talked about them. Shame on us, but they're twenty eight and thirteen this year, twelve and six in Conference USA. Uh, they're going to give the Conference USA a lot of trouble in that Conference USA tournament. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if they ended up winning the CUSA tournament and and sneaking into the the postseason. Let's see how they do against Middle, because I'm really curious about Middle Tennessee and UTSA. They play this weekend, actually. Yeah, um, and Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, if I remember correctly, they have some they have some big boppers, man. They got some big dudes that uh, they can they can swing the bat. So we'll we'll see about that. Um, <laughs> we we kind of made fun of UTSA Stadium, or at least I did. I tweeted about it. it. Dude, it's a shame that you're the University of Texas at San Antonio. You're in the fourth biggest or third biggest. Wait, let's see. Houston, Dallas, San Antonio. They're in the third biggest. Um, city in the state, you're a public school and you're playing at a high school field. Uh, it's just that's bad, man. Like, apparently, they're they're on phase two of phase five amongst getting the stadium upgraded, but they at least have seat backs. They like, don't just have metal bleachers that the same ones my high school had. Like, you're in the state of Texas, you can find money, there's I money almost, everywhere. I almost confused Rio Grande and UTSA when you said because of the stadiums, Rio Grande Valley said, has a awesome stadium it is sweet and utsa has nothing interesting how that works out yeah um one it, one school had a better businessman than the other school because he can so. somebody to pay for that stadium yeah well and their football stadium or their football team plays inside of the alamo dome so it's like they're you have extra money to spend. You're not. Yep. They didn't pay the. They didn't pay to build the Alamo Dome. Oh my God, dude! I just. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize it. Arkansas beat Central Arkansas two to one in ten innings. Oh yeah, that game was close, and they played that at a neutral site, if I remember correctly. It was. Um, yep. It played in North Little Rock at some. The some Dickie other Stevens field Park stadium. Yeah. Oregon uh, State beat Oregon. Yeah, um, Oregon State beat Oregon, and I didn't watch any of that game, but. That, they was, didn't they play like nine, four times o'clock. in a row. They they played in the weekend, right? No, next weekend. They play Oregon, Oregon State played next weekend. Next weekend, you're right. Okay, that would come on, Ben. That would have been on our pick'em. But oh, so no, I was looking for. Okay, so they play next midweek as well, and then next weekend. I knew they played four in a row at some point. That, um, I mean, that's a big civil war battle. It's like a bunch yeah. of battles to win a war. Yep. Yep. Um, Southern Mystic. Southern Miss took care of business against southeast southeastern Louisiana. I honestly had that penciled in as like an upset, potential upset. I thought that south southeastern Louisiana was good enough to like sneak up on Southern Miss, but Southern Miss was just barreling baseballs up. They looked good. Um, speaking of barreling baseballs up, 
Miami gave up 19 hits and 12 runs to below 500 Stetson. How are you feeling about that? I mean, I don't. I mean, they they got their ass kicked. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like <laughs> they just got their ass kicked. Um, I mean, it happened. We've seen Miami it all year. and midweeks. Miami and midweeks just don't go together. I, f- I don't know, man. I don't know. I think you might have to take that qu- statement back. Let me see real quick. One and zero, two and zero, two and one, three and one, four and one, five and one, six and one, seven and one. I take it back. Eight I take and it back. one. <laughs> eight I take it back. Two in midweeks. <laughs> God. Well, so, in the past, and my brain's in, back in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. Tuesday, Georgia beat the shit out of Georgia State. Georgia State ran out of gas, man. They're dead. They're dead. They they had their little spell. They they had their their moment. They ran and, out of gas, man. And I think it was Georgia Southern that just put a, put a stop to the steamroll. They uh, ever they, since then they've been bad. I mean, Ben. They came. I mean, before listen to what Georgia State did before Southern. Swept South Al, swept Coastal, and beat Georgia Tech in the midweek, and then got swept by Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. But they did beat Kennesaw, and then they got swept by Louisiana and absolutely steamrolled by Georgia. So I think Georgia <laughs> State, I think they ran out of gas. Ran out of gas. They did. Um, but hot, cold. Maybe it's hot. hot coming up next. Wait Don't to see. let them get hot during that. So, dude, the, uh, I almost said SoCon. The Sun Belt tournament's going to be a Troy, lot of fun. Troy, App State, Arkansas State, Texas State—that's what they have left. They're going to—they're going to run through Troy. I think they'll take care of Troy, App State, and Arkansas State, and then they'll be right there. Yeah, for we'll that see. Texas State series. I don't know. I saw Georgia State in person. I just wasn't impressed with them. Yeah, I mean, they—they've got some swingers, Griffin Cheney, and a few other guys. Some good arms, but I think they ran out of gas, man. Yeah, it's hard but, to go. But, completely different team than what like whenever we were playing at mercer they used to be an automatic win for us every awful. time we played. they, they used to be awful the new coach there uh came from the d2 school uh or maybe it was a juco i don't remember if it was georgia highlands or north georgia one of those schools georgia he came Gwinnett, from maybe uh no it wasn't georgia Gwinnett. um i don't know but he's turned that program around and talk about a stadium that is embarrassing to look at on tv the bus lot boys play. You've been there, right? You, you oh, went up dude, there, right? Off behind the school buses parking lot. Yeah, dude, it is. It smells bad. Decatur, it's, way out. Dude, it is atrocious. If there's any school that needs a new Let stadium, it's Georgia State. Let me explain to listen what Georgia State has. Georgia State campus is downtown Atlanta, like downtown. downtown. Not even, not even midtown. Downtown Atlanta. In the middle of the city at their campus, like you know, students are mingling, mixing in with everyday mm-hmm. pedestrians of the city of Atlanta. You got to drive about twenty to thirty minutes east on twenty out to Decatur to get mm-hmm. to Georgia State. Not their stadium, their field. Yes, and it's you a wiggle. Field. You wiggle what your way through a whatever county. I don't know what county that is. School bus parking lot for all the buses for that county. I think park it's, your is it Fulton County school. or I think it's Fulton County or maybe DeKalb County. I don't know. No, it's not two. Fulton. It's not Fulton. I'm in Fulton and Fulton goes down towards the city of Atlanta, but doesn't go out 285. It doesn't go that far east. Um, it goes more west, like towards the airport. Anyway, they're building a new stadium on the where Fulton County Stadium used to be. So the parking lot of Turner Field. They have their little Hank Aaron memorial out there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're going to put their new stadium there. It's going to be sweet. 
whenever that gets done. You know, they've probably been showing recruits that for 10 years now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. And, you know, those seniors never got their promise. But um, Georgia State will be a good program for years to come. They're going to be good. Yeah. Um, but for now, they ran out of gas. Let's see if they can come back. Yeah. Um, my, my UCLA Bruins lost a midweek to UC Irvine, but I'm not, I'm not scared. It's all about you, conference uh, how, play. How you, uh, hey, Ben, let me ask you, how you feel about that one? Uh, I mean, they beat Santa Barbara last midweek and, and won two out of three against Cal. So, I mean, they're still on pace to host a, I mean, to be a national seed. They just have to continue to win weekend series. And, and then, that 45 with the It doesn't Elo. matter. It doesn't it, matter. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Elo is a 16. That's still eight spots away from the national seed. And their RPI, the 44 band is over. No, it's not over, man. They're going to continue <laughs> to win over. in the Pac-12. They got a so- they got a soft Pac-12 schedule. And they're going to the- Tell them. Hey, finish my quote. Tell them the. I, I don't know it. Tell them to bring me my money. Oh. <laughs> I think, okay, what we should do is we should just put the 500 bucks on UCLA to win the national championship then. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> I get to pick who. Who are you feeling right now? Whenever you win, who, who are you going to put your money on? Don't do this to me right now. I I'm don't putting know. you on the spot. I don't know. I mean, I could be, I could be the dude. I feel like ten. I feel like Tennessee is that team that everyone's like, oh, that's easy money, and it's not going to happen. Yeah, same thing with Arkansas last year. It's not going to. Miami is the only team to ever be the number one overall seed and win the national championship. Mm-hmm. It's not changed. That's not changing this year. Um, yeah. Honestly, Ben Stanford wouldn't be a bad play. Like they've gone, they've been yeah. so close so many times. Can this be the year where they came like out of nowhere and just surprised everybody? I, I have a team. I have a team that I, I would be interested in putting my money on. It would be Texas. And I, I, I could sound like a complete idiot, but that's a team that finished in third place last year, fourth place, whatever you want to say. They've been flying under the radar. They have the talent to get hot. Are they, and it, are they this year Mississippi State? Lose, that's what I'm saying, man. Lose in the final, be. make – come back and win it the next year either that or i would say this might be the season that arkansas finally breaks the curse and wins a national championship if their offense if their offense can um get going a little bit they're gonna be good because they're they're good man they mm-hmm. their numbers like if you like arkansas numbers if you look at them you if you're a diehard fan you could be like oh like come on like they should be better than that they're still really good. It's just you expect so much out of Arkansas because of who they have and who they return. Well, and their but, best players like haven't even played the best yet. Like, and he's gonna, he's gonna, he's he's not well, gonna go all, all year without hitting. Yeah, like a hot Bob spell. Moore. Yeah, Bob Moore's due to get just red hot at some point, and it's a team that still is gonna play with a chip on their shoulder after how I last agree. year ends. So I, I think Texas. I, mean, I think Arkansas that I think Texas and Arkansas would be my two teams like to throw the five hundred bucks on whatever their odds are. I would okay. have. To, Probably decide between those. Let's two. see. All right. Let's see what. How was Wednesday? Uh, wait. There I, was one more. There was one more Tuesday game I wanted to talk about. It was Michigan State played against Notre Dame at the White Sox field, and Michigan State is it Comercia or Comerica? Comerica. That's right. I always say Comercia my whole life, yeah. and until recently. Yeah. Um. But I mean, Notre Dame just they finally play a midweek game and they lose, and that's why they avoid them all year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to beat Michigan State. Come on, you're in a big league ballpark. Michigan State's below 500 in the worst Power Five conference. Um, 
Yep. Then George on Wednesday, George Seven came back and won that series. Late home run. Clemson absolutely throttled. What What are your thoughts on Clemson getting into the tournament? Um, they've got work to do. Is it possible? Very is very possible. Um, they have work to do. I mean, Ben, they're thirteen and thirteen against top fifty teams. So that's eight. not true. That's not true. They're they're nine and eleven. I mean, a uh, top one hundred team. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, uh, the, their biggest—I mean, their biggest downfall is they're six and eleven in conference, but they're five and zero against the SEC. You know, they swept that, right, South Carolina. Right? I mean, hey, they swept South Carolina. And they beat Georgia twice. Northeastern. They got that one win against Miami. Who, by by the way, when you look at that, that was when Miami was sweeping everybody. Yeah, I mean they went like a three straight ACC sweep, and to get one, hey, the show Clemson has something. Well, and um, then they won the series against Wake Forest and Florida State, yeah. and they just they had a big they they put up twenty nine runs but this midweek, twelve against Louisville, Presbyterian and seventeen against Wofford. Louisville, Georgia Tech, Virginia, and Boston College. If you can get through Louisville, Georgia Tech, Virginia, take two out of three against three of those. In the, you got to win two of those series, two out of three. Don't get swept in one of them. Sweep Boston College during the tournament. Yeah. Because that'll be two and one, four and two. That'll make them five and five, eight and five, which will be 14 and 16. They'll get in. Yeah. With, I, I mean, with they, they were also in the tournament. Didn't they start the year something like 15 and 0? Yeah. But hey, hot, cold theory. They might be, if they get hot. Ben, they're going to be our hot, cold, hot theory team of the year. Yes, the team of the year. Shoot, I might put my five hundred bucks on the Clemson Tigers. Just Your five hundred bucks is about to be my five hundred bucks. Listen, Dimitri, dude, UCLA is going to be a national seed. No, they are not. No other team wants it, man. Besides Tennessee, I mean, how many times has like a top eight team just lost a weekend series in the last three weeks? I feel like everybody has. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody wants it right now. As long as UCLA know. continues to win weekends, they're going to be a top eight hey, team. Hey, let's talk about this team real quick. They're a top 25 team in D1 poll. All right, UConn. Let me guess. Oh, well. What were you yeah, doing? we can talk UConn. We can t- I'll talk UConn all day. I think they're a bunch of frauds. You, so you do think they're frauds? Yeah, I mean, they have I think UConn. UConn has played is, one is like quadrant like one team. They're like Mercer. No, they, but Mercer has played a much, much harder schedule. But but here, but here's what I'm saying. Mercer, you know, was 31 and five or whatever they were, got humbled pretty quickly, which is fine. They can come back from that and move along. UConn had played, they played one game against the top 50 team, three games against top 100 team. Yeah. Three it, games against top 100 team. And they were the first three games of the season. I think it was South Florida, Charlotte, and Louisville. And Louisville, we all saw Louisville wasn't ready. It took them time to get going. Yeah, they're back. Dude, it took them it, time to get going. They're they're. Uh, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They play everybody in the RPI like between like everybody's in the 100s or 200s. I mean, like their their strength dude, of schedule dude. is 229. How do you lose to Rhode? I'm sorry, but how do you lose to Rhode Island? Hey, don't don't knock the Rams. The Rams are uh, Rams. They they try. <laughs> They lost to Boston College. That that should be everything you need to know. Boston College is garbage. They lost to Kent State, who's not good this year. And Villanova, who's garbage. And they played two one-run games against Seton Hall. Garbage. 
Everybody's on this UConn high horse. Dude, I'm sure, like, they're, you guys, sure you they're guys good, understand, but if they like, don't win the Big East, they're not going to be an at-large team. I, I don't think so. They People like were tweeting at me saying, where's UConn? Where's UConn? I'm like, this is my poll. This is my regional projection. Those I don't are people, think UConn is going to make it. Yeah. Those are people with simple minds. They just look at rankings and they look at records. They're probably the same people that judge a pitcher off the pitcher record. Um, like they probably <laughs> nah, think hey, Jacob hey. Degrom sucks. Um, but I mean, like, what do you see in this UConn team, man? Like, they're we'll, not we'll find out good. in two weeks. They play a pretty good Creighton. Creighton team, and and I think the winner of that series wins the Big East. And everyone's like, oh, well, I had Creighton making it, but Creighton lost their two games against Arizona, and they didn't look bad, man. I kind of liked what I saw, but yeah, here's what I'm gonna say. Creighton is 0-7 against top 100 teams. At least they played four more games against top 100 teams. Um, I think when you play a tough schedule, it makes the other team, as you go on the season, not as difficult, if, you, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. Um, I think Creighton is going to be more prepared for that series than UConn is. You're not going to get your lollipop 82-mile-an-hour guys anymore. You're not no. going to get – like, you're going to get better arms out of Creighton. So I think I like – I think Creighton, I like Creighton winning that series and getting that, and they're going to win that Big East tournament. Yeah, so that's in two weeks. Um, UConn has to go to Butler, which I had to do my junior year play at Butler's field, and it's just as bad as maybe even worse than Georgia State's field. Uh, Butler, like that, that's just going to be a brutal. What if trip. I said that's brutal? What if I said this? UConn is one series lost away from losing all at large chances. That's what I'm saying. I think if they lose I mean, against Creighton, I think their at-large chances are very slim. I mean, Butler, six games under 500, 212 RPI. Creighton, the only good team. I mean, Xavier might even be a test for them, too. Yeah. They're 500. And then Georgetown might be a test. I, I think UConn loses two more series the rest of the year. Yeah. Um. I, and, you know, speaking of teams that I think are overrated and overhyped, I'm still not sold on Gonzaga either. And I know they're probably much better than UConn, but I classify really? them in the same. Yeah, I classify them in the same the same boat. I ben, think Gonzaga were, is were... really holding on to those three wins at Oklahoma State in that weekend series because since then, nothing really impresses me. Nothing. Yep, nothing. Um, I'm looking at the schedule right now. Series win at BYU, Pepperdine, San Francisco, Portland, split against – they went one and three this year against Oregon State, two out of three against St. Mary's. Um, I think losing to St. Mary's is not a good look. If you want an, a national seed team, cannot be losing. They need a well, sweep. And they lost midweek to Washington State. Washington State's 16 and 22. Obviously, it was a midweek, hey, hey, whatever. Washington but. State's not bad. They're, they're, they play tough in the Pac-12. I've seen them play quite mm-hmm. a few times. They play tough, but they also blew out Washington State 12-0 the first time they played. So, I think Gonzaga. I, look, I, I think Gonzaga's going to get in the tournament. I'm just saying, I see all these projections of them. I don't think they're going to be. I don't think 13th, they're going to host. 13th. I had them hosting. Host. I had them hosting. But I, I don't. By the end of the year, I don't think they'll be hosting. I think the NCAA is going to try to avoid having them host at all costs because nobody wants oh, to go to oh, Spokane, yeah. Washington, for nobody. a regional that's going to have just bad camera views and just not a great scenery, rainy weather. Yeah, 
but yeah. we'll see. I mean, if they end up hosting, I think that's a, a steal for any two or three Honestly, seats. Hey, they would be pumped. If you're, if I'm a committee and I'm picking between two teams who have very similar record, give me the better host every time. I think the committee thinks the same way. Well, oh, they've proven that. Uh, they've proven it over and over again. If you have a nice stadium and a good atmosphere and a lot of fans, 100%. you're going to host over schools over. Thank you're going to host like, over schools versus like that don't have that. I mean, last year South Carolina got the hosting site, obviously Old Dominion with the host, but that was better than going to Old Dominion, no doubt. And but oh, have you seen the renderings of Old Dominion's new stadium? Though it's going to be Sick. top of the line. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. I think it's supposed to open up either next year or 2024. I, I want to say it's 2023, but it, it, they put a lot of money into it, and they, uh, they're they investing in their baseball program, which we'll always support. Always support that. Um, anyways, we've been going for an hour now. Let's go ahead and move on to the weekend, the weekend. preview. Wait. Because, yeah. Yeah. We, we got seven ser- uh, six series that we're going to talk about as far as our weekend pick them. They go as a wait. We gotta, we, we got let's talk about the other series before we do that. Well, I'm just introducing the series that we're gonna pick because one oh, of them, okay. one of them, uh, first pitches here in an hour as we're recording Thursday night. Uh, Texas AM at Vanderbilt that's gonna be a series where Vanderbilt, let me pull up the conference standings real fast. Vanderbilt really needs to win this series, dude, because they're like floating with their heads above water as far as like being. I'm not going to say like they'll get in the tournament, but they're 500 in SEC play. And if, if they lose host, this series, you win. yeah, if they lose this series, uh, I mean, they still have to go to Georgia and to Arkansas, and then they play LSU the last weekend series. So this, like they, they have to, they have to win this series to they feel comfortable. To. Yep. Um, but this is going to be a, uh, well, can we just talk about the series right now? By the way, this is this is actually hilarious. Go pull up Vanderbilt's page on Warren Nolan. It has them as the Vanderbilt Beacons. The Vanderbilt Beacon schedule. What is a beacon? I don't know where. Did that they came just change their name overnight? The Vanderbilt Beacon live. Let me go to. Let me go to. Oh no, yeah, the Vanderbilt Beacon. What I'm is about that? to Google Vanderbilt Beacons right now. Google what? it. What what is a what is a beacon? I was thinking yeah, beam like a lighthouse, like a like a beacon, like a, a sonar sound, like a beeping sound, or like a lighthouse ray. A beacon is like a like a spotlight kind of thing. That's what I think of when I hear beacon. Yeah, I mean the, the only thing that's coming up is WarrenNolan.com. So I'll have to. So I have Warren. I have Warren Nolan's number. Uh, him and I text all the time. And text I'm him. Gonna, text him. Be like, who are the Vanderbilt beacon? Uh, I don't know, man. He, he seems like a very straight edge, like not sense of humor kind of guy. But yeah, I'll do it. Whatever. I'm just gonna take a picture. I'm gonna take a picture of it right now. Yeah, yeah. Take, be like, be like, um, did we miss the news? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna text him right now, and uh, I'll let you know if he responds. <laughs> I hope he responds before we finish. Um, Isn't it funny that uh, like Warren Nolan is actually a, a real person? It's a real person. Is his name Warren? Yeah, his name is Warren Nolan. He he signed his text one time to me as uh, it was like, "Hey Ben, how's it going?" Uh, and then he signs it Warren Nolan. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> hold on. I wonder. Hold on. I wonder why he made the website his name. That's so interesting. He he, him and I. I don't want to get into it because I don't want to like spill his news. But he's got some 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 plans moving forward. 
No, I, I, he has been one of the best websites ever. I've been looking at RPI stuff on his site since I was in college. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, he's 10 a legend. Years, not 10, 11 years ago. Um, before Warren Nolan was big. Like, a lot of people didn't even know what Warren Nolan was. And, yeah, I mean, his website's been awesome. His scoreboard, hey, honestly, no knock on D1. I love D1. I love all those guys. But Warren Nolan's scoreboard is better than D1. It shows you the count. It shows you how many runners are on base. It's way more live. Do you agree with me on that? Oh, yeah. I like, I mean, obviously, I like any kind of live scoreboard. D1 baseball is a good one, but Warren Nolan's just a little bit more in depth. It has the box scores and everything. Yeah, there. it has the score, the box score. It shows you everything. Their percent chance to win and lose, which it's just numbers. They, it's not actually, but I like it. Yeah, no. Uh, so, Shout out Warren Nolan. He does it. I mean, he's the best. Awesome. I, I just awesome. texted him. We'll see what he replies back. Um, what did you say? <laughs> I think I kind of sounded like a douche, actually. He's probably going to, like, delete me. Uh, I said, Vanderbilt Beacons. Ha, ha, ha. Sorry. Just wanted uh, to see if you could update this to Commodores. Thanks. Don't want the – I said, don't want the uh, the public seeing this or something. Yeah, I mean – I said a couple uh, other things, but you made that you made that sound so weird. You should have just been like Vanderbilt Beacon. Did we miss the memo? Ah, dang it. Oh well. Wow, like, I sound, like, get... a, I sound oh, well. like a douche. Oh well. I think him and I are cool. I think uh, you think I, we'll find out. We'll find out. Um anyways, so going back to this Vanderbilt Beacon series, dude. Can we ben, put can we start that. tweeting the Vanderbilt Beacons and just see if anybody catches on? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll we maybe. Uh, but let's 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 talk about the series we don't have on the pick'em first. Well, okay. What? Well, let me run through the seven uh, or, right, six right. series. So we have Vanderbilt, um, Vanderbilt hosting Texas A and M, and then we have FSU hosting TCU, which is very intriguing. A little interconference or interconference um, matchup there. Uh, Texas is playing against. Uh, Oklahoma State. So Texas hosting Oklahoma State, which I'm going to be watching every inning of. We also have UC Santa Barbara ho- uh, playing at Cal Poly. Um, SEMO is hosting or hosting, playing at hosting, they're hosting, hosting. Yes, they're hosting Belmont for the Battle of the OVC. And Virginia Tech is going to Virginia. So top of the ACC there, which will be good. And we left out like Georgia at LSU. Did you I mean, just say top of the ACC? I mean, Bongo, Bongo. OVC. OV, uh, oh, wait. Well, ACC. Uh, second, Atlantic. For second place, Ben. If you ain't first, you're last. Miami's first. But there isn't the – they're on the other side of the bracket, right? No, they're, they're, they're coastal. Oh, wait. He just replied. Oh, he said, what the heck, laughing face emoji. I'll definitely get that fixed. All right, cool. <laughs> be like, be like, didn't know if we missed the memo. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, okay, anyway, go ahead. Those are our six series. Uh, you go ahead and talk real fast. I'm, I'm texting them back. Um, all right, Ben, let's talk about these other series before we make our picks and get out of here. All right. What other series you have on the, on the radar? Miami, Miami, Georgia tech. Big. Of course series. you have Miami on your radar. 
why? I mean, that's not even as a Miami fan. Georgia Tech needs to win. Yeah, they do. They need to pitch. Georgia they Tech need, needs to pitch. They need to win. They're 10 and 11 in the ACC. They will win if they pitch. Oh, if they I, pitch I well, they will win. Miami doesn't play well at Georgia Tech ever. Like That's one of the hardest places. So Georgia Tech needs to win this weekend. Um, Miami, on the other hand, if they win this series, they're pretty much lock set on ACC Coastal title. And, I mean, shit. If they win this series, let's see. Yeah, I mean, they've got Florida State and Notre Dame left. If they win one or the other, I think, yeah, if they win this series, they're pretty much set for a national seed at this point. Yeah, I still think they're they're set. They're sixteen and five in the ACC. Even if they lose this series two out of three, they're seventeen and seven, which is ten games above. Unbelievable! Un- yeah. like in the ACC, the eat, yeah, the eat each other up conference. Yep. Um, um, let's. Uh, the other one I want Auburn, to talk Tennessee. about. Well, Auburn Tennessee is going to be good. I think Auburn sneaky good, led by my uh, Golden Spikes favorite, Sonny Desharo. Uh, he is the the big Italian meatball, as I call him, and he just gets on base. He's got like a 600 on base percentage, hitting over 400. He used to wear Mercer out when he was at Samford. Uh, I'm glad he's out of the, the SoCon, and he's leading Auburn to a, I mean, way better than what they should have been this year, in my opinion. 30 and 12, 11 and 7 in the SEC. If you we would have preseason would have said Auburn would be sixth game above in front of all Miss in the SEC standing, I would have said you're high. Yeah. Um, but the uh, – dang, dude, there was another – Clemson at, at Louisville. Yes, that's what it was. Clemson at Louisville was the other ACC matchup that I think is going to be a dandy. Um, Louisville, their offense is great. Clemson, they're up and down all year. But we think Clemson's getting hot. If Clemson wants any chance of an at-large, they have to win this weekend. They have to win the series. They need they, to win. Th- this would help their team. resume a ton because Louisville's a solid team as well. They're, Louisville, I mean, they're fighting for a hosting shot. They're right there. Yes, the they are. And uh, and I don't know, man. I, I don't know how to feel about. It. I'm glad that's not in the pick'em because I think I'd probably that's, go Clemson. I, I w- no. I uh, that's that's why it's a pick. That's why I mean, I think Louisville at home. I think they they win. They're the better team than Clemson. Clemson's starting to heat up, so we'll see. But Coastal Georgia Southern, Coastal Georgia Southern has to win. Like if they lose, they're out of the hosting conversation. That's Ooh, pretty much would, what it comes. Oh, oh, out of the hosting conversation. I was going to say I think Coastal Carolina has to win this weekend because they're on the bubble as far as getting in. As an that's what I'm saying. But Southern is in the postseason, pretty much locked for the postseason. Dude, I might Coastal go to. Think the- they've got to win. On the flip I'm, side, Coastal's got to win to get in. I might go to that series. I, I'm moving to Savannah, which is like 30 minutes from Statesboro. When when are you moving? Saturday. Saturday, but maybe I, if I, hey, if it's just one one series, go catch the Sunday game. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I would love to see that series. Huh? Just put that on my radar. Good. Um, I, I think Coastal has to win this series if they're going to want to get in the tournament as an at large. If not, they're going to have to win the the so, uh, Sun Belt tournament. Speaking of Conference USA, South Alabama has to win to keep their at-large chances alive. South Texas, Alabama? They're at Texas State. Yeah, but I don't think – I think – you think South Alabama has to win to keep their at-large? Like, I don't think they're even in the, the, the last four if out. They want, first four if out. They're, they're, they're 64. If they beat Texas State on the road, their RPI will go up a little bit. But, um, the, but then Texas State's RPI is going to drop a lot. 
Because they're 56, right? Or 57? Something like that. But what I'm saying is basically this is the do or die theory. South Alabama has to keep winning one weekend at a time to even have a chance. If they lose, they're done. Like they're, yeah, they're they yeah. have to win the tournament. Like they're 100 percent out. They're on the fence. Like look outside, looking at Texas State. On the other hand, I think people need to realize. I think I think South Alabama is in the back of the line outside the fence. But that's what I'm saying. They're out of the line if they don't win. They're in line right now. They're yeah, they're, they're still in line, but they're they're pretty far they're, back they're there. They're still in line. They're still in you line know, for Black you know Friday bars, shopping. You know, at like bars in, in downtown Athens or wherever you're at, it's like one person leaves, one person gets to yep, enter. One in, one out. <laughs> one the in, one out. But they're, they're pretty far back there, but they're going to they're the keep hanging around. Ever, dude. The worst <laughs> You sit there, you have to pee, you have to, you're t- you like want to get in. You're standing around in, with a bunch out. of other drunk people and they, they, they want violence. They just want to like run into people yeah it's and you try the old you try the old um get out of the line go around and when some people are leaving you try to sneak in or say yeah. oh, and then if they catch you say oh i was just out or, here on the phone i have I'm going back in or or you like you see somebody i've done this move before and i did this in macon of all places yeah, just a place um, that never happens but you ask for their wristband when they're leaving like hey can i borrow your wristband and then you just put their wristband yeah. on and walk in yeah, I've um, done that before. Georgia LSU, great series. I think Georgia. Yeah, why is that not on the pick'em? Because we already had six, and we can do seven. Um, and we had Texas Day and I think Texas Day and M Vandy is a pretty significant series. Um, Georgia, Georgia in the tournament. LSU in the tournament. Well, I think LSU fighting, fighting for. I think Georgia uh, LSU fighting for a hosting champ. Yeah, but Georgia's fighting for a uh, national seed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Another great series. We we can't pick them all. This weekend is loaded. I mean, we could pick them all. We could. We could. Then I'm going to be here for three hours making that stupid How draft. funny would it be the last weekend series? We pick all like 150 series. <laughs> dude, dude. Dude, New Orleans and Nickel State. Who do you got? Oh, you want to? Hey, you want to try? You want to try that? Pick every sure. series. Sure, let's do it. That, that'll be actually fun. Um. Oklahoma State Tech, we have that. Ole Miss, Arkansas. Ole Miss is dead. Arkansas is playing for a hosting spot. I think they should be hosting. They're 12 and 6 in the SEC. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, any other big series? Uh, UCLA Bruins. Yeah, I mean, I, I, put a, I put a series out there that you vetoed for the pick em. I think the Cal State Fullerton Hawaii series is going to be interesting. Stop they're it. they're Stop in third it. and fourth place in the Big West. Santa Barbara's thirty games in front. No, they're like five, but whatever. I like I like Hawaii baseball. I like Cal State Fullerton baseball. I like turning it on at ten p.m. and falling asleep to it. Hey, we oh, were, oh, we were Warren big Nolan, Hawaii fans. Hey, Warren until... Nolan just applied, um, or not not applied, replied. He said he's like, oh, I see the mistake. Valparaiso is the beacons, and the teams didn't update correctly. So I guess Vanderbilt and Valparaiso hey, hey. alphabetically are like next to each other, and the beacons I, I, got put up. I can confirm it says Vanderbilt Commodores. No, he fixed it. Yep, let's go. That's my man. man that was the mascot I would never have guessed. I I, forget, I didn't know Valparaiso was the beacons. I I would never have guessed that. I would have said the Valparaiso voltages. I, I promise you I'll never forget that. If you ever ask me Valpo now, I'll never forget that they're the beacon. Hey, that's pretty cool. We just witnessed Warren Nolan go in the back end of the website and just boop, 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 yep. fix that. Um, yeah, I mean. 
I'll tell you a series that I that I'm looking at that I think hey. could be upset potential, and it's uh, Baylor hosting Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech is kind of on the downswing right now, and they're not playing very well. They're not playing well. Baylor just got hot. stomped by Texas last series, but uh, you look at you look at Texas Tech. Yeah, they won two out of three against West Virginia last week, but got swept by TCU and lost the midweek the week before that. They lost the midweek this week. Uh, and then they lost the midweek before TCU and and they to Oklahoma. So hey, Central Michigan at Ball State Battle of the Mac, dude. That one should have been on the pick'em as well. No, I, I, I forgot who? about that series. I don't know. Semo and Semo and Belmont. No, they're they're no man. Semo and Belmont are mid major top twenty five, and they're I think they're better club. Central Michigan, on the other hand, though, they better they got some to prove. They played the worst teams in America, won 18 in a row. Let's see if they can beat a good team. If and, and don't get me wrong, history says Central Michigan's always been good. But when you're projecting regional, you don't you I will not project a team in just because of history for all all cases. You know? Uh, you got that's offended that's for that's no that's, you got offended for no reason. Nobody nobody's yelled at you. <laughs> Oh, oh, I got yelled, we got yelled at over Central Michigan. Oh, we did. Um, not being in our mid-major top twenty-five. Oh, and I was like, listen, I mean, look who have they played? They haven't played anybody. But, yeah. Um. Anyway, the shout out to Mississippi Valley, six wins this year. Hey, that's I think six more than they had last year. Hey, I'll, I'll throw a shout out there for a uh, for a team. Columbia, they just won their 16th straight win this past midweek against um, Army. And Columbia Lion. Dude, Columbia, I think, is going to end up winning the Ivy. I know Penn right now is is winning it, but Columbia, I mean, they're hot right now, and they, they're just beating the – they're beating the dog crap out of teams. Hey, Tulane at UCF, battle of first-place teams in the AAC. yeah. Who would you pick? Right, who would you pick in that series? I mean, I've picked against Tulane one too many times, and they keep <laughs> trolling us. Give me Tulane. Give me the Green Wave. You're taking Tulane. I think. Yeah. I think you know what? I think they put all their eggs in that basket to beat East Carolina. I like. I think I. I would take UCF at home. I, I love UCF's home field. Like they have a great home field advantage. A lot of students show up to that. Um, but all right, so going back to Columbia just real quick, they've scored nine or more runs. Um, in this 16 game span, they've scored nine or more runs in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 of the 16 wins. They've scored nine or more runs. True, Columbia and their 16 game win streak, they figured it out, they figured it out real quick. So, Columbia is gonna if they win the Ivy League. They're they're not what you're gonna want to see as a, a one seed hosting as a four because you got to throw your best arm against them. No, or else they're gonna no, put up ten I agree. runs. I I freaking agree. Um, Cincinnati still kind of in it, and the they're definitely still in it. East Carolina, I, I think has a win. lot of teams in the AAC are still in it. Houston is one game back. Cincinnati's one game back. I mean, there's five teams within a game of each other. Eight and yeah. three, eight and four. And two, seven, and five. Who um, would you say is the best team out of those five? I mean, I think Tulane showed us that they're the top dog right now, but I think UCF ends up winning that league. 
I still believe in – I think East Carolina wins it. You think, think – One so? bad week. They travel, you know, down to New Orleans, and they lose two out of three. Like, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, I don't know. I mean, Cincinnati's below 500. They're 17 and 21, but they're 7 and 5 in conference and one game back. So, yeah. I don't think um, – I don't but, think Cincinnati's yeah. that good. I mean – yeah, I think that's pretty much all the series. I mean, I'm looking. I don't see too many other ones. Let's uh, let's do the pick them then and wrap this thing let's, up. Let's wrap this thing up. So uh, we got Dez and Stoney's picks. Dez is doing a uh, an Astros live stream right now at one of the bars, and then Stony is flying. Who, who knows? I think he's flying to New Orleans, right, or somewhere. I have nah. no idea. I don't know. He's flying somewhere, but. Uh, we got their picks. Now, I'll lead it off here. We're going to go Vanderbilt hosting Texas A&M. And, I, I mean, I think I'm the only one on Vanderbilt here. Is that right? No. No. You're, wh- who do you have? Am I making my pick now? Well, I so I took Vanderbilt because, I, I don't know, this Texas A&M magic it has to run out at some point. <laughs> they, it's just getting started, baby. Dude, I guess, but... Man, like I, they were not supposed to be good this year, and it might be the Jim Slosnagel magic that he has. And they had, and they had big dog Troy Clonch come in from Oregon State. Yeah, Micah Dallas from Texas Tech. Um, I mean, they got some big time Rock? transfer. Is his name Rock the catcher? I forget his name. Brock or Rock? Um, he's he's been uh, hitting. Rock, uh, Rock, Dylan Rock. Dylan Rock has been playing well for him. Yeah, I just then, I just uh, think this is the time that this is the time of year where Vanity like just crunches down and just beats teams they should yep. hey, hey, hey. they anchor down anchor yeah wow how, how did i not say that wow the uh but they're at home vanderbilt's at home it's a thursday friday saturday i i, I want to know the last thursday friday saturday weekend series that vanderbilt has lost they always win thursdays and always win fridays they uh i don't know they they always play well in the thursday friday saturdays to my memory but yeah i'm on uh i'm on vanderbilt this week Dez is on Vanderbilt, and then Stoney is on Texas A&M. Who, who's your pick? I'm going with the Saul Varsity's horns off, um, the fight Nagy. I think Texas A&M, I think their magic is just getting started. Um, early in the year, transfers, the team was still figuring it out, meshing together, yada, yada. I think Texas A&M's for real. I mean, I watched that series against Arkansas. They're for real. Palace they and they have a little bit of fight in them, which I like. They, they, they have they, hey, they have that lefty Palace at the back end of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. They have a chance to win close game, and that is huge. I'm you know what, you, dude? Now that I'm looking at it, they're 12-9 and nine against Quadrant 1 teams. And they're only two games back of Arkansas, and they, ha- they hold the tiebreaker. So... <sighs> Man, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I just I'm going have with A&M. I think it's going to be hard to win on the road at Vanderbilt. Um, but I think Vanderbilt has shown weakness. They've shown their weakness this year. Um, they haven't, they've struggled against the top tier teams in the uh SEC. So I like my chance to lay A&M. We'll find out here in about, I think they just threw first pitch right now. No, 45 minutes they will. Yeah, 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vanderbilt has been struggling through the dog days of the season. I'm looking now. They did throw that combined no-hitter on for last Friday against Kentucky, and uh, they got a pretty tough schedule left. 
So they need to win this series. Uh, next series here we have, let's go or Oklahoma State at Texas. Now, the Big 12's kind of jumbled up mess right now. Is that is that safe to say? Just a, a nice jumbled mess? It's, a, it's jumbled up right now. I mean, TCU is obviously the front runner, but Texas beat them. Um, so Texas also lost some questionable series. Um, Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State still to this day has been the most consistent team outside of TCU here and there. But, like, I, 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 I don't know, man. I think these are two really good teams. TCU or Texas needs to prove themselves again against a good team. It's funny. We keep saying that, but Texas is 31. I know. I know. I know. They're 30 or whatever. They're, like, they're, they're – maybe our expectations are really high for Texas, like everybody else. But I'm talking, like, a war, a fight weekend let's see texas do it i want to see texas put together another solid weekend is what i'm saying yeah i'll say this though i think texas smells blood right now because maybe maybe. because ever since they got punched in the mouth from kansas state uh of course they lost the midweek to one of the two midweeks to air force which was a head scratcher but they smell blood they put up double digit runs in all four games last week and they won the midweek uh in ut rio grand valley seven to two but if you look at their remaining schedule, they have nine remaining Big 12 games. This is the toughest three. So if they can if they can win this series, they have to feel good about playing West Virginia and Kansas to close out. They should sweep both of those teams. So that's Are six. You seven, about State? Could, no, I'm saying Texas could oh, finish Texas. the regular season eight yeah. and one in Big 12 play, which would put them at a conference record. 17 and seven. 17 and seven, which I think wins the that Big wins 12. That wins the Big 12. So if there's not a time to smell blood for Texas, it's this week. So they're at home against Oklahoma State. Um, the 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 target on the backs at Texas has kind of been erased. People aren't, you know, doing the horns down and, and chirping. And I think it's because Texas has stopped talking so much, uh, stopped, you know, and in, in, uh, what's the word, interrogating other teams uh, ever since they got punched in the mouth against Kansas State. So I'm, I'm taking Texas here. Everybody knows how much I love Oklahoma State. I think they're a very good club. But going down to Texas, it's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. Not that Oklahoma State's like hasn't seen that before. But Texas just always plays better at home. They know how to win at home. Uh, they uh, they're let's see here, eighteen and four on at home and eleven and eight on the road. So I like Texas a lot this weekend. I could even see them possibly sweeping. Uh, and then of course, Des took Texas. Stoney took Texas. Who's your pick? Give me the pokes. Give me the pew, 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 cowboy. The, the pew, 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 pew. Yeah. Give me throw. Oklahoma State. I think they rebound after that tough series loss against TCU. Um, I, I don't feel I, – I think Oklahoma State is too good to lose two in a row. Can they lose two in a row? Yes. But I think they're going to turn around and win two out of three at the dish. Um, man, they're they're good. They're good. And I, I – I don't know how long I keep saying that before I'm just like, you know what? Screw to Oklahoma State. They're frauds. Like, they're not good anymore. <laughs> Maybe that's after this weekend. We'll find out. Maybe Sunday night I go on a huge I don't answer. think. I don't think either way you could call one of these teams frauds. No, no matter I'm how the joking. series. I'm kind of joking, okay. but I'm going to get pissed off. I'm going to be mad that they keep losing me picks, and I'm trying to catch up to you. Um, But I have to pivot you sometimes. I got to 
pick mm-hmm. certain series to go against you to catch up and win and take my and defend my my title. So I'm going with Oklahoma State. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think this is Texas's stretch. Like they're gonna get they're gonna get hot. They're gonna win. Uh, they're gonna win probably out of their last twelve games, at least ten of them. The uh, the next series here we have TCU at Florida State. So speaking of TCU. This is a fun non-conference late season three-game series here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like TCU a lot, and um, you know they've had a great season so far. I just, I, I don't know why. I just keep putting my my eggs in this Florida State basket, and it's because I keep getting tricked about their starting pitching. I have it drilled in my head that you know Hubbard and and uh, uh, Messick and and Noah. Noah Long, I, I don't know. They're third starter. I just have it drilled in my head that they're all going to go seven innings, one run, three hits. They don't. They're they're twenty four and fifteen this year, which is not great. But they're at home. I like Florida State when they play at home. I think they just know how to win in their ballpark. And and TCU, do they uh, though? Oh yeah. I mean, if it's they, an extra inning, maybe. I mean, they're twenty and seven at home. They're four and seven on joke. the road. It was a joke. Okay, they're not a road team, but they they're twenty and seven at home, four and seven on the road. I mean, that's that's all you need to know there. And TCU, they, yeah, they. I think they might have peaked. I, I think I might say that. I think they peaked uh, when they swept Texas Tech, and they won two out of three against Oklahoma State last week. Uh, wow, that actually made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> they, right, they, me, they might still be going up. Do you want they, me to, do you want do you want do you need a couple more minutes to think? Because I have my pick. No, I'm taking Florida State. It's just it's gonna be it's gonna be ugly. I know it's gonna be real ugly. I'll tell you why I'm taking Florida State. They're 20 and seven at home, and TCU's eight and eight on the road. There, boom. That's all boom, I need. Bango, bongo, bongo, done. Yep. Put in um, Des took Florida State with me, and Stony took TCU. Who you got? I'm going with the oh, 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 I don't even know if I did that right, but I don't want to know how to do it. Um, give me Florida State. I think TCU coming off a big conference win at Oklahoma State. Now they're going non-conference. Focus lightens up a little bit. Then I could be a sharp focus. A little non-conference fun trip to Florida for the TCU Texas Christian boys. Um, give me Florida State. Parker Messick's going to shove it up their ass Friday night. And it's going to set the tone for the weekend. The Knowles are going to take the series. Love that. Makes me feel did way I, more. Did confident. I just convince like you? you just convinced me. With... That's a winner. That's a winner. Just just go ahead and put that big green check mark on that series. Oh yeah. Um, we'll go. We'll go one more Power Five, and then we'll go the last two mid majors. This is the Battle of Virginia here, and and two of the best teams in the country right now. Virginia Tech goes to Charlottesville, and. I have been very high on Virginia Tech all year. Not, not all year, probably since the beginning of March. When I was when since, I was watching since they them, started really winning games, you've been high on them. Just say that. Well, no, I mean it was really before they went on their huge stretch of wins, but um they have a deep lineup. Everybody one through nine can really hit and mostly hit for power. They're a little sledgehammer home run celebration. That's all I need to see. And it's very simple there. Now, I don't know if they'll have the pitching to slow down Virginia's bats because Virginia has a great offense as well. But I, I don't know. I think this is the time where Virginia Tech takes the little brother approach and and and, and just shows older brother who's won a national championship this decade. 
and that, hey, we're, we're the real deal this year. They've been playing incredible baseball. Won two out of three against Miami and, and sweep Boston College the last two weeks. They won two out of three against uh, NC State. Won two out of three against North Carolina. They beat Notre Dame. Won two out of three against Pitt. Like This is a team that since they got swept by Georgia Tech in the beginning of March, they, uh, they've won every series. So why, why not? Why, why fade them now? I, I'm taking the Hokies. And uh, and Dez is also taking the Hokies with me. And Stoney went against us. He took Virginia. Old Chalk, old Stoney the Chalk Man, just always taking the chalky picks. Ben, I definitely can tell you cannot see my camera right now because this is what I've been doing for the past thirty seconds that you were trying to defend your. Oh yeah, I wasn't pick. looking. But Ben, let me let me break some news to you. Let me throw some stat nuggets at you. And well, you're let, me, let me eat these nuggets up. I'm hungry. Let me, let me feed you these nuggets. You're going to yeah. change your pick. Virginia Tech, in their last 21 games in Charlottesville, are 3-18. and 18. Since 2005, when they joined the ACC, 3-18 and 18 in Charlottesville. They're 0-7 in the series in Charlottesville. Ben, what so they're makes due. you think 2022? They're due for a series win. It's hard to go 0-8. You're about to go. They're about to go in eight. That is correct. Give me Virginia. Give me the Cavaliers. They're going to take care of business at home. Virginia Tech can't win in Charlottesville. I am perfectly fine with picking Virginia and Virginia Tech winning than me picking Virginia Tech and them not winning. The numbers tell me which one to pick. That's a fair yeah. point. Yeah. You would rather see Virginia Tech win and you die on the sword of Virginia rather than the other way and just feel like an idiot. Exactly. Give me Virginia. With those numbers in front of me. Like, I cannot look at those numbers and be like, oh, 2022 I, is a year. I don't think past, but, I don't think college stats in the past can, really like, they don't, can they I, don't, can I, can I don't sit add, well with me because it's different players. It's can, not even close. But it's still three and 18 at 21 games. I don't, I, I think the, it just disproves your point that it doesn't matter who the player that they still lose. Yeah. But but I will say this: this is probably the best team Virginia Tech has had since being in the ACC since 2005. Probably one of the best teams they've had. So if there were the year to do it, it would be this year. But I'm sticking with those numbers. Yeah, Virginia. All right, and then uh, let's do our two mid-major series here: Belmont at Semo. Now, as someone who played in the OVC back in 2014, I have. Like pre, what's it called? Pre-deceived notions. Like I, I think of these teams back, like for how they were back in 2014. <laughs> um, preconceived notions. That's the phrase I'm looking for. Like whenever I think notions. of Belmont, I think of a team that is kind of white collar, and uh, you know they're in downtown Nashville. You just you just said to me, oh, those numbers don't matter in college. It's different players. I, I know. Well, I, I just I just said I just totally dissed myself. I was saying like, I'm coming in here with <laughs> preconceived notions. I don't feel good about it, but, um, but yeah, I mean like Belmont has had a good year. They're finally back. We talked about it pre-show how back in 2010 to 2013, uh, Belmont Lynch was the real shit. deal every year. Lynch they were in, in regionals, like giving people hell in regionals. Um, but Southeast Missouri, I went back and looked at their schedule this year. They opened the season uh, with a huge okay, now tell I'm them, forgetting. Tell them, tell them why you looked at the schedule. You saw something that I did, and you were like, "What? Is, I'm about to climb." Yeah, okay, yeah, that's funny at all. Explain yeah, that. I saw your I saw your your postseason projections, your regional projections 
that you posted and you had SEMO as a three seed. And I was like, oh, man, if there's one time where I can go get under Dimitri's skin, I'm going to absolutely roast him about why, like, how he has SEMO as a three seed. Like that is a four seed through and through. Well, the uh, so I went and looked at their schedule and, you know, they just started the year off with a, with a series win at Dallas Baptist. No big deal. Like huge, <laughs> huge way to start the season. Um, and then they also have beaten Ole Miss this year by 10 runs. Like th- this is a team that, they 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 are legit, man. Like, uh, and they're twenty and one at home. And this series is obviously at Semo. And I know they have preconceived notion here, but they've always played well at home. And uh, and I don't think Belmont knows what they're walking into. And this is a battle for the OVC crown regular season, uh, number one versus number two. And I just think the Semo team has been battle tested, and they're going to be very comfortable at home. So I think this is a no brainer pick for me. Give me the Red Bird, Red Hawks. No brainer, dude. Yeah. Oh, we're agreeing on this pick. Huh? You're taking Semo as well. I am taking Semo, but I want to give. I I like giving fans a little history on some of the team. The, for those that don't know, Belmont was as Ben already said, they were freaking legit. I mean, they were winning conference championship after conference championship. They weren't the most star-studded, savvy players, but they've got. A big league, a World Series champion in a big leaguer from those days in Matt Beatty, who won a World Series with the Dodgers. Um, pretty good platoon, but is that what you would call him like a platoon serviceable player. Platoon. He was there. You can say platoon. <laughs> Platonic. I don't I don't I don't even know what that word <laughs> a means. A platoon, so yeah. He he started against right-handed pitching and played first base, basically. And but he was like a rookie deal kind of guy cheap player and he fit perfectly in that Dodgers lineup. I mean, and he was a Belmont guy. Um what was his name? Ferg uh Alex Ferguson no. Um, Corey Ferguson Corey Ferguson? No. no. Caleb Caleb. It was definitely Caleb Ferguson. Center fielder? Hey, no, that's not it's not Caleb Ferguson. You're thinking of no Ferguson Belmont baseball. It's Caleb Ferguson. I he struck me out. He, he, he's also Drew, on the Dodgers. Drew, shut up. It's Drew Ferguson. Oh, Drew Ferguson. <laughs> Caleb Ferguson's a real person, though. It's Drew Ferguson. He's in AAA with the Astros, um, Ben, right? I, I mean, I, I was thinking Caleb Ferguson, but you're right. Drew Ferguson is who – I guess he's still with the Astros. I don't um, know. Anyway, Belmont team was legit. They were a powerhouse, um, but in 2022 – the SEMO Red Hawks are the powerhouse. Give me the Red Hawks. Southeast Missouri is legit. Twenty. I didn't even realize they were 21 and one, 20 and one at home. Get, no doubt. Give me SEMO. Yep. Thought that was an easy pick there. Um, and then Dez took Belmont. He was the only one because Stoney took SEMO. And then the last series here before we wrap up this episode. I think this SEMO good. might be – I think – hold on. I think SEMO might be the lock of the weekend looking at all these series. SEMO might be the lock of the weekend. I don't know why I'm saying this now. No, that's what I, was, I said that earlier. It's a no-brainer. This is the one series I didn't have to look too far into after I was going to roast you. Um, uh, SEMO's a really, uh, good, really good team. Really good team out of the Ohio Valley Conference. Um, but the last series here, UC Santa Barbara is just absolutely rolling through the Big West right now, and they're, they're going to Cal Poly. Now, I actually watched a Cal Poly game last weekend from start to finish. And this is a team that's actually a lot of fun to root for, uh, not only because they have Brooks Lee hitting in the two-hole, who 
literally might be the swaggiest player in college baseball. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. He's the head coach's son. Left-handed hitting shortstop, just big Daddy frame. Ball. Dude, he's he's huge in the box. I don't know his I, actual height and weight, but he looks like a big leaguer. He takes pitches like a big leaguer. Like whenever they throw a, a ball like a little bit off the plate. Do you think he would start if his dad wasn't the head coach? Yeah, a hundred percent. He could <laughs> start kidding. anywhere in the nation, bro. He is I'm kidding. He is like you could just tell by the way he takes pitches, he sees the ball better than anybody else. Really? Like it's a very soft take, like doesn't flinch. And uh, he's like one of the leaders in the country in doubles. Uh, he doesn't see very many strikes because uh, they're going to make somebody else beat him. But Brooks Lee is is incredible. He's, he's one of the best mid-major players out there. If not, he deserved he deserved a good team around him. Like yeah. those kind of players, you feel bad for when they're on a team. Like don't get me wrong, Cal Poly is having a good year, but they could be better. I mean, with a guy like that, you should be. I mean, Santa Barbara's sixteen and two. I don't know why I'm cutting you off. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Hey, listen, you're good. I mean, he's just someone that probably ever since he was five years old showed up to the ballpark, to his dad's work, and uh, got to play with college kids, play catch, see how they carry themselves, and he's turned into like everything that you could dream of for for um, a mid-major player. Would he you could be start happy if the Astros drafted him. One hundred percent. I mean, one hundred percent. He's a big leaguer. But, you know, not so fast, my friend. I'm going Santa Barbara. I think they win the series because one guy can't carry the whole Cal Poly team, even though their whole team's pretty solid. Uh, I just – I think Cal – I think I think Santa Barbara is going to, uh, to, to win pretty handily this weekend. You had me thinking you were taking Cal Poly that whole time. Nope. I, I was like, wait a minute, what? You're taking Santa Barbara? But, yeah, give me Santa Led Barbara. Led by Jordan Sprinkle, man. Santa Barbara. Give me Santa Barbara. Give me the Chos. Give me the Gauchos. Um, yep. I mean, I don't really have much reasoning for it other than they're they're beating everybody. I mean, I feel like the Big West is Santa Barbara and then the rest of the Big West this year. Um, yeah. And it has been for the last couple of years outside of a few teams here and there, whether it's Irvine or Long Beach. But, yeah, give me Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Well, Cal Poly is in second place. They're only three and a half back. So, in theory, if Cal Poly sweeps them, they're only half a game back. That's a big if, though. Yeah, I don't think they're going to sweep them. But um, there was a stat that I was going to give about Santa Barbara. Uh, oh, they're twelve and six on the road, so it doesn't matter where you play; like, they're comfortable anywhere. They're two and zero neutral side as well, so fourteen and six away from their home ballpark. Um, I, I like I like Santa Barbara a lot this weekend. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, Des took. Cal Poly and Stony took Santa Barbara. So Des all alone on that island with Cal Poly. He yeah. needs a lot. Hey, dude, he needs to make up some ground. He's only two games above 500. Uh, ben, Ben, I can I can potentially gain three up on you, or you could make it a nine game lead over me. Yeah. Um, yeah, no big deal, but I'm 36 and 18 picking weekend series. You sent you texted me a graphic from last year, the la- going into the last weekend, and I was 32 and 32. So I've already surpassed that by four wins and we still have four weeks I, left. what was i 38 and whatever yeah you were you were way better yeah. than me yep so this year it's kind of a similar boat um we picked more games this year which is more fun yeah but uh anyways i mean we have vanderbilt texas a starting here in about 30 25 minutes, minutes 25 30 minutes and uh that does it for the episode here great episode i mean this was a lot of fun to talk about Oh, yeah. uh, y'all keep up with our social media on um, Twitter this weekend. We're going to be updating you guys the big things happening in college baseball. 
Uh, I will be moving to Savannah Saturday, so I probably won't I will be, be back in the captain's chair. Um, we've missed you. We the midweek I had to take over the Twitter, and we've we severely. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy? No, it? I mean it's not as good as what you do, man. It's not. I mean, no, it's, stop, stop. It's the stop Walmart it. knockoff brand. I'm 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 the uh, uh, I'm Doctor Thunder, and you're you're Doctor Pepper. <laughs> hey, Doctor Thunder. It slaps a little drink, bit, but but. but I'm spending the extra 50 cents for my pepper. Yeah, I, I was the RC Cola this midweek. You're, the, right, you're the classic hey, always coach. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Y'all have a good weekend and uh, go college baseball.